Hey everybody, welcome to the Utah Royals FC show. I'm Vircho, and with me I've got Megan and Abby Smith. Again, back to back. This is going to be super exciting. Um, but this time, no offense, Cindy, it's not going to take five months to get the file uploaded. <laughs> Hello. Hello. All right, sweet. So welcome to the show, Abby. Yeah, thank you for having me. You bet. You bet. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. Really stoked. So... We're going to open with a question that we've been opening with in our previous interviews. It's a little weird, but what teammate of yours would you be most afraid to see in a bar fight? In a bar fight? Oh my goodness. That is an interesting question. I, ooh, I never really thought about that. I'm, I'm kind of like stuck. I no, would- it's fine. Most people don't expect that question. It's it's different yeah, it's, for it's sure. It's not one I feel like you've probably ever been asked before. So take take yeah. it one if you need to come up with an answer. Yeah. Thank you, Miles Dunn, for the suggestion. <laughs> That's actually really funny. I feel like either Kelly or um sorry. He's really going to town on the squeaky ball. We love oh, you, Jace. Jace is great. <laughs> um either Kelly or Taylor. Okay. Taylor. Oh, I could see. I could see Kelly because, like, she's Kelly. But I wouldn't have thought Taylor. I feel like Taylor. Taylor's a funny person, and I feel like there. She's just like she is such a nice person. But then you never know. Like sometimes the nicest people can surprise you. That's that's true. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a valid valid argument for it. That's that's yes. not what I've ever thought because, like, you know, I can't remember who Alex said, but I was like, when I heard Alex her, said Kelly, I'm pretty I'd, sure. Yeah, I feel like you're right. Apparently, Kelly's just got this reputation for getting in bar fights, but <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. All right, um, so bar fights aside, what do you like to eat? Favorite food? Favorite food is sushi. Okay. For- that's kind of tough to get in Utah sometimes. <laughs> oh, I have rarely eaten sushi since I've been here. Um, last off season, definitely spent too much money on sushi. It was pretty shocking, to be completely honest. But I feel like this off season, I've been doing pretty well since it's not as easily ex- um, accessible. So, <laughs> yeah, I could see why. Do I being in a landlocked state state makes that a little difficult? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, favorite color? Ooh, I really, I would say purple, and I have like a few. I really like all the colors, but purple, yellow, and black. I wear a lot of black. You can't go wrong with black. You just I can't. Everything, so it's easy. That's why I pick it all the time. So we should really get a purple goalkeeper kit, like a true purple. That'd be so cool looking. I just have like a mental image in my brain of that now. Anyway, sorry, that's my tangent. <laughs> that's a short tangent. Yeah, not as long <laughs> as some of the tangents we've gone on on the show. So, oh, all right, definitely, definitely. All right, so. Do you have, I guess, like a set of pump-up songs that you listen to before you go out? Um, Not really. I think I kind of rotate between, I would say, like, 90s R&B. Um, that's, like, my go-to. And then if I feel like I need a little bit of zen and... <laughs> my pregame or just like in my day, I'll listen to a little bit slower of music. Um, just so then if I have too like my nerves are too high, then it'll kind of help me relax. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, is there like, uh, what other type of like music do you listen to? Or is it just primarily that kind of stuff? I listen to everything, like literally across the board. Um, I have, I was listening to a little bit of rock today. I was listening to Dave Matthews the other day. Um, I was listening to Halsey, um, Lady Gaga. Like I cover Usher, like everything. 
So sweet, solid range there. Yeah, wow. I feel like I just like listening to music just because it's so it's relaxing, and then also I just like that there's so many talented musicians out there. Um, So yeah, sorry, I have my retainer in, so it's kind of (laughs) no, you're fine. Like one concert that you'd want to see, like if you could pick one concert that you haven't been to, who's like the one you'd want to go see, like front row, go for it. Oh, that's a great question. I, it's hard to pick one. I would say Lady Gaga would be really fun, um, or Beyonce, just because Ooh. it's such a she's such a performer. They both are. Definitely. Those are two very solid answers. I would I would agree with both of those personally. Oh yeah. But I also feel like going to a Dave Matthews concert would be so fun. Just because it's a little bit more laid back instead of so upbeat. Mhm. Definitely, definitely. Nice, nice. You've got your range. Yeah. All right. Changing it up a bit. So, what is your favorite vacation spot? And what is a place that you would like to go that you have not? Um, so Cancun is definitely a go-to. <laughs> it, I'm actually going next week. So that's going to be super exciting. Um, we're going for Thanksgiving. And then I really want to go to like Croatia or Greece. I just feel like it would be beautiful there. Um, I kind of just want to explore that it to be honest, I really like traveling and getting to go to different places and different cultures. I feel like that would be fun. For sure. Have you talked to Demir about Croatia at all? No. <laughs> no. Not really. Um, I grew up with um, like the Dallas Sidekicks, so the indoor league. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple friends that were from Croatia um, that were on the team and – so like I got to know them that way, but I just feel like I've seen pictures and it's just really pretty. Oh, definitely, definitely. Croatia is a place I also want to visit very dearly. Uh, I feel like it's definitely like a go-to bucket list for mm-hmm. sure. Hundred <laughs> mm-hmm. percent. All right. So, does your jersey number? Is there any like sentimental value? Um, not really. In Boston, I was number 14. Mm-hmm. And then in college, I was number one. Um, I've just kind of rotated around uh, whatever's available. I'm not super picky about it. Um, just because, like, I don't have any – I'm not tied to any specific number. So it's just whatever works. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool, cool. Is there anything? Um, sorry, Virtual. I have a question. So before you no, you're good. On, um, is there anything with like your uniform or anything like that that you are super particular about game in and game out, or you just kind of like go for it, whatever happens each game? Um, with my uniform, I actually so the really sticky spray that they use to tape your um, ankles and everything. I have to put that on my knee so my socks stay up. Oh, I don't like my socks roll down. Huh. Oh, I think yeah. I've never heard of anybody saying that. Normally, I have people they'll they'll say like their pre wrap has to be certain ways and stuff like that. That's a new one though. That's interesting. Yeah, I like have to make sure that I spray right above my kneecaps, so or like just anywhere on my knees, so my socks don't roll down. So that's like a must before games. All right, go ahead with your next question, then, Virtual. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just no. really interested about that. <laughs> You are totally fine. You're totally Definitely fine. Random. It's it's a random one, but it's like very it's convenient because your socks don't roll down, and then you don't have to worry about it. That's true. I mean, I feel like it's smart because especially if you're gonna have to dive a lot and use your legs a lot, like don't want it to move every chance every time you move. Exactly, for sure. And I'm sure I bet when you're diving. I mean, obviously, like carpet burn isn't a thing on grass, but I'm sure that you don't want. You definitely get burns though. Oh, you do? Yeah, you can. You get like the strawberries or raspberries or whatever people want to call them. Um, Because if this the grass is short, then it definitely can cut you up pretty, pretty good. (laughs) 
Interesting. Oh, I never thought about that. I guess, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you weren't playing soccer, what would you be doing? Um, I'll probably be a teacher. I am halfway done with my master's in education. Ooh, wow. That's, awesome. that's a commitment. Is, yeah. Holy is cow. that through UT Austin? I'm sorry? Is that through UT Austin? No, it's through UT Permian Basin. It's a online program that is in Odessa, Texas. So I started it. It kind of got hectic when I was in Boston. And then um, one of the courses requires classroom experience. And since I don't have that, I kind of had to put it on pause. Um, So I eventually want to finish it, but I haven't been able to yet. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, so, that's way cool. So is there like a set subject you want to teach or are you just interested in education as a whole? Um, I think education as a whole. I haven't really gone down the path of what specific subject. Mm-hmm. I just really like the fact that when um, in really low socioeconomic areas, when you invest in the kids, you can see their growth and they really end up trusting you more and you can – You can see the fact that they can tell that you're investing in them and they are genuinely growing as a person. So I just really like that idea of like being able to give back and work with kids um, that really care, to be honest. That's super awesome. Would you, I guess, so how does some of those previous courses that you've taken I guess, how does that intertwine with the C license class that you did? Is that like relevant at all? Or is that just something on the side, the C license class? Um, it's definitely relevant just because with the C license, it kind of, it teaches you different ways of coaching. And then also their, I guess like methodology is wanting you to grow as a coach and then the players to grow as people on top of being a good player. So you get to like, you get to kind of touch all aspects of the person versus like in the C license, it's mainly tailor, tailored toward older kids. Um, and then also like a club setting, but I feel like you would be able to use it in a high school setting or a middle school setting just because you have the higher education in the coaching field. But then with the co um, I guess like the coaching and the course, of the masters they kind of intertwine because you're really you're trying to teach it while you're coaching and it just helps you learn learn different techniques and different ways to really communicate with the kids and yeah it I really like it just because you go a little bit deeper than the surface that's cool that's really cool um, would you be willing to share with us a little bit more about what that C license class was like? Cause there were, what I think 21 of y'all. Yeah, it was. So the course was awesome. Um, we were in Utah, so it was super convenient for the Utah players and it's also a great facility to be at. So we were at the real Salt Lake high school Academy, um, for a week. And they were long days, but they were also like very, very intense and amazing days of just learning and growing and kind of getting different opinions and learning how to coach different types of kids that either respond a certain way or don't respond a certain way. And I think it was also something that we all really benefit benefited from just because we're players, but we don't really use our thinking caps in a coaching mindset. Mm-hmm. So we kind of flipped the switch and I thought it was really cool to see us as players as really high level players, um, being able to be vulnerable in the coaching field, because at the end of the day, everybody's pretty vulnerable, but, um, a lot of people don't want to portray that. Um, but in the C course, you have to be vulnerable because that's the way you're going to grow and that's the way you're going to learn. And we definitely like 
I think we hit that for sure. And it was also just amazing getting to work with everyone that was there because we're coming from all over the country and also the world to be able to take this course and then learn from each other. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. We had a lot of classroom days, a lot of on field days, um, mainly in the classroom, just because we had a lot of, not a lot of learning, but like changing our mindset from being a player to a coach. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask, how do you think, like, obviously you haven't really played since you've taken this class, but how do you think it'll change, like, your playing style and the way you approach a game? Or if it will, I guess I should say. Um, I think we'll have a little bit more understanding of what the planning is behind practices and then also kind of, like, the direction that we're going in. Um, We touch base on periodization, which is starting to become very important and valued in training sessions. So I think that will also help because a lot of kids are very go, 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 like gun ho on getting extra training. And sometimes that's just not the best for the situation. And I think that's um, something that we learned. And I thought it was very cool because there's a lot more to it than just, oh, we're going to have a light practice today. This is the GPS data um, and stuff like that. Definitely. Dang. Uh, would you be willing to talk more about this? I uh, think you said periodization. Periodization? Yeah. Um, so it's basically like your training load. that, And the training load is based off of the time and the intensity of the practice. And <clears throat> determining whether like how long you train for. Um, the RPE, so like the exertion of the practice, and then also the amount of time between recovery of games, practices, um, recovery training sessions, and then also when you can push a player and when you need to kind of taper back just because they're going to be exhausted and you don't want them to burn out. Um, and we basically learned a lot of that information as a whole. Um, we also learned about like how to plan um, a session, including periodization, which is really important now because like with all the ECNL and the DA and uh, especially with being in the league, it's even more important because it helps prevent injuries and burning out and fatiguing too early in the season. So that's so fascinating. Like, yeah, like it is very, very interesting. Um, and I think it's, a, I think it's under, it's kind of underrated. Um, it's a little tough because being a player, like you always want to do more or you want to do as much as you can. And sometimes based off of your data, it's not what your body, like, it's not what your mind is telling you. Your body's responding differently. And sometimes that's a little tough for people to recognize. But then once you are able to learn more about your body and the best for a game, like a game coming up over the weekend, it makes more sense of why things are um, happening the way they are or why your body is responding a certain way. Wow. Yeah. It's wow. it's intense. It's like, yeah, I'd never like I would have never even had that thought cross my mind. Oh yeah. There was a lot of stuff that we talked about that I didn't even think that we were gonna touch base on and we covered it. That's cool. So what that's cool. So what's like the next step for you all in that like license to get it? Like what what do you guys do next? So we have assignments that are due basically during the development period, which is between um, our first meeting and our like final um, evaluation. And so we have assignments that we have to turn in and you basically keep in touch with your instructor. Um, There's three different instructors at this specific course, but um, we're split up into three groups. So it's a little bit easier to manage. Um, 
and we turn in assignments on Sunday or typically Sundays, depending on, um, that's like the due date. You can turn them in early. And then we have our final evaluation coming up soon ish. Um, and then we should find out by the end of the year, end of the year, beginning of the year, if we like pass the course or not. Way cool. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. So are are the instructors anyone that listeners would know? Like is Laura or any of those folks involved at all or is it completely uh, separate? I don't think so. I don't think anybody would. Um they're definitely like really good coaches and so so um Janae is one of the coaches and it's kind of funny because she is from like lives in Texas as well. Mm-hmm. And had no idea. And then once we went to the course, we started realizing that we knew a lot of people that were like very similar that we know within the coaching world. Um, just because being from Texas and going from being in Dallas to Austin and San Antonio, you cross paths with the same people. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of funny that we actually connected on that. Um, but there's also like different courses have different coaches or instructors. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of one of those small world type of things, I guess, huh? It really is. The coaching world is very small and the playing world is very small. That's Yeah, that's really interesting that they would just happen to be someone you'd cross so many paths with. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Just the whole, I mean... It's so interesting because I don't really have a soccer mindset, you know, and a lot of fans don't, you know, we, we, we get our exercise by spectator sports, you know, we're, we're just fans. So it's so interesting to like delve in and learn all these different things because there's so much that goes to it in terms of, you know, prepping the body and mind outside of those 90 minutes. Oh yeah. And I think it's also something important that like a lot of people don't realize how much of the game is mental um, because like you get the people that are not very nice. And then you also get the people that are really nice and super supportive. And so it's kind of finding the like middle ground with all those people um, because like we, it's more than just playing on the field. Like we have to take care of our bodies. We have to eat properly we have to sleep right. Like it's the same thing. Like if you already go to work and you don't get a good night's sleep, you're going to be exhausted the next day and not be able to function. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're going to be able to function, but it's going to be really, you're going to be pretty drained by the end of the day. Um, and it's the same for us. Like the, the big difference is that like we are physically exerting ourselves and mentally exerting ourselves. So that's kind of, um, something that we have to take into consideration. I bet. I bet. So what does, I guess, um, what does your diet look like? And what does, I guess, your sleep schedule look like? So in season, I sleep a lot. Like, I think my average is about anywhere from eight and a half to 10 or 11 hours. Um, Just because... It, for my body to recover, I need as much sleep as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, eating wise, we are really fortunate that the Royals have really taken care of us. And so it's a lot of grilled chicken, um, veggies, salad, fruit, um, pretty healthy across the board. Um, so that's been really nice. And in the off season, it's roughly the same. Um, a little bit more um, restricted on, I would say like just because we're not doing as much or like our load's not as high with training every single day. Like we have training, but it's a different type of training. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of tailor my eating based off of that. Okay, cool, cool. What does that training in the off season look like? Um, for me, it's a lot of explosive work and like plyometrics, getting my cardio in, um, and building a lot of strength because as a goalkeeper, you need to be as explosive as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and something that that's something that I really emphasize on and um, just kind of building your cardio base to be at another level um, because by the end of the year, you're pretty tired. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like building strength, building cardio, building endurance, um, and then working on the little things that you're not necessarily able to really focus on in season. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So are there sort of like unofficial trainings? Cause I know that a few of you have stuck around. I know like Erica's here. I know you're here and some other people are here. So do you have like informal trainings amongst yourselves? Are they more formal or is it just everything's just like individually based? Um, a little bit of both. So not necessarily formal, but everything's pretty informal um, and individually based because we all have different things that we want to work on. Um, and we're all like willing to help each other out. So like if somebody wants to work on something one day, like we're able to do that. Um, so that's been super nice that we're able to kind of tailor what we're working on to what we really want to take into the next season. Cool. Cool. Yeah. What does, I guess, in terms of like the balance between, you know, non-work life and work life, what does that look like compared to the off season and, you know, the season? Um, like, what do you mean by that? So like, I guess in terms of how many hours you're putting into training a day, uh, those types of things. Okay. So, um, I still, I guess the days are a little, depending on the day of the week, to be honest, if it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I typically have longer days of, um, just like weights and touching the ball more. Um, but they're definitely not as long as when they're in, when we're in season, just because we kind of, we can tailor it to, we can make the sessions really short and focused or we can make them long to really focus on our attention, like our kind of like our mentality and then um, able to kind of just work on what we want to work on. Um, I feel like in season our, our trainings are a little bit longer or our days are a little bit longer um, based off of what we have the upcoming week. And then also how much time we have off and all of that. There's a lot that goes into it. It's um, in the off season. I typically have longer days just because I spend more time in the gym. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, I guess enough work talk for now. What do you do in your free time? To be completely honest, I spend time with Jace. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you know, you respond to that like it's a bad answer. That's a great it's 100% answer. Not. It's been my answer all year. Like, if I have free time, like. I like reading. Um, so I've got a couple books that I have started, but I need to like really hammer down and finish them. Um, and I try and spend as much time with Jace as possible. I've been going back and forth between Texas and Utah and then, um, just like running errands here and there. Nothing too crazy. Not Netflix, every now and again, mainly at night, but that's about it. Right on. That's so cool though. That's so cool though. Uh, speaking of going back and forth between Texas, I bet that's gotta be, cause your husband is still there. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I bet that's gotta be, you know, kind of tough. It is, but it's something that we signed up for. Um, it's kind of, it's just a part of our lifestyle and it's a part of, um, our career paths. And it's something that obviously is, it's tough to deal with, but you kind of, you make it work. You, um, yeah, it's, you make it work to be honest. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to figure it out and you find what works best for you. Um, I know some people that don't like long distance and then like myself, I'm an only child. So being by myself isn't necessarily like such a bad thing yeah um but it's also it's nice to have a balance for sure for sure 
And I bet there's that notion of, you know, when you finally see each other, it's like all the more awesome, you know? Yeah. But it's also kind of like, it's funny because it's of a, it's kind of like a reality check of, oh, we need to do these things. Oh, we need to be adult. Like we have, (laughs) we need to like pay these bills, do this stuff. And I'm like, I, it's funny because I'm 25. I'm like, I just don't want to grow up. (laughs) I. Like, in a sense that I'm like, I don't like paying bills. I don't think anybody does. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) Right on, right on. Uh, I think I read somewhere that he's like a, he's a soccer coach, right? Is that correct? Yep. Cool. Cool. Yeah. He's a teacher as well. So. Wow. It's like the dream team right there. Yeah. What (laughs) what does he teach? He teaches – um, integrated physics and chemistry and chemistry. Yeah, uh, that's oh, a big spot for me. I can't do science, so <laughs> yeah, I definitely cannot do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's more of now. It's more of like engaging the kids in the classroom and keeping their attention to the max, and not just doing book work. So yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. What level of soccer does he coach? Does he coach like youth or high school, college? Like what? What's he coaching? High school. school? Ah. Right on. Nice. That's exciting, though. That's cool. So there's sort of that standardization. Were your, uh, I guess, were your parents involved in coaching soccer or just education in general? Or, um, No. So my parents didn't coach or do any education. I think my dad actually majored in education but didn't go down that path. It can be a hard path to go down. I will. Yeah, it, it definitely can be. Um, but I like, we go to different elementary schools and middle schools and I genuinely like going and talking to the kids and kind of getting to know them a little bit more. Not necessarily like, Oh, like, Hey, like I'm here, but I actually want to be involved in the classroom and seeing how they're doing. And if they need any extra help, um, just because like the kids here are awesome and they, they really enjoy when we get to come, um, to the schools and I like it too, because some of the kids are really funny and it's, you can be, you can kind of be a kid when you're with them, yeah. but you can also mentor them in a way that they know that you actually care about them they can be themselves. They don't have to act a certain way and it just makes it a lot easier and it makes it a lot more fun to really get to know the kids outside of just sitting in a classroom or them having to be a certain way around their friends. Definitely. I was going to say, yeah, my mom's a fourth grade teacher. So she, I'm sure she, if you ever want to take a visit out to her school, I'm sure she'd love to have you. Oh yeah. I like that's something that I really like doing is just going to schools and emphasizing that education is really important and that they really should embrace the fact that they are in school and you can learn a lot, whether you may not like a certain class, like it'll help you in the long run. Um, but Sometimes like school is not always the best option or not always an an option for some kids. And there's many, many options for kids to go to college, but tapping into that, I don't think a lot of people have done that yet. Definitely. Um, And I was also going to ask, because you you said you want to be a teacher, obviously, do you want to teach like high school, middle school, elementary age? Like what's, what's your choice of age that you'd like to teach? I'm not really sure yet. Um, I feel like middle school and high school would be the age that I would lean towards. Um, just because you can kind of not necessarily relate to them better, but you can kind of joke around with them and they understand that you're joking. Um, and you can also just kind of, they're at that stage where you can really put them down the right path. Or they can go down the wrong path without the proper help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was that's like my biggest thing is if you can help in a positive manner and really invest in them, 
because they're our future. I think that's like the most important way to be able to show that you care about them is helping them accomplish their goals and do what they really want to do. For sure. For sure. For sure. Wow. We just said the same thing. (laughs) I know. I know. But, uh, you know, talking to teachers, because I originally wanted to be a teacher, it's interesting that you say that because that's something I've heard echoed too. You know, because elementary school, it's like, yeah, they're cute and all, but why, like, you, you, you can't control them. <laughs> and then, you know, they're just not really in a space where they can be shaped. Whereas, you know, for college, it's like, you know, you're not really going to shape them or, you know, I guess, transform them into incredible human beings because they've already sort of been through that time in life where they're really vulnerable, which is that, you know, uh, upper middle school you know, all of high school phase. So that's cool. That's right. really, really cool, Abby. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I think it'll be fun um, when I can eventually get there, but that's something I, I want to do later on. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. All right. Um, so Megan, so the next couple questions are yours. So I'll let you take those. Oh, I don't even know where you're looking at on the paper anymore. <laughs> oh, uh, no, you're fine. Uh, in the Google Doc, it's about uh, concussion recovery. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to ask about because I talked to you during the summer. You probably don't remember, but it's fine. But it was right after you'd had your concussion and you were started on the recovery from that. So like what was... How was the recovery long term from that? Obviously, it's been a few more months now. Like, how are you doing as far as that aspect of your play is affected? I'm good. It doesn't really affect me anymore. Um, obviously, like a concussion, something not to take lightly. And we definitely did that here. We made sure that I was completely cleared and that I wasn't having any symptoms. Uh, because at the end of the day, like my concussion like how I felt was really awkward and it was really tough on my body. Um, and I don't think I've had a concussion that had symptoms that lasted as long as this one did. Um, so we really made sure that I was taken care of and our trainer was on top of it and she was checking in all the time and making sure that I was making, making sure that I was following um, the right path. That's good. It's yeah, those concussions can definitely be a little scary. Um, and then the other question I was going to ask is what got you to goalkeeper? Like some player, some people have said they've like just played it their whole life. Did you get like forced into it at some point and just fell in love? Like what was your story to becoming a goalkeeper? I think I was just put in goal when I was younger and I just kind of stuck with it since um, I wasn't really afraid of having the balls kicked at me. And then I started to really like it and I watched the indoor league um, and there was a goalkeeper, his name was Sagu, which he's still in Dallas, still does training there. Um, And I used to watch him all the time and I loved watching how passionate he was in goal. And so I think that's what really stuck. Um, And I just kind of like went along with it. It ended up being the best match for me. That's really, really cool. I dig it. I dig it. Um, I definitely recommend that kids learn different positions and they still, um, I guess, just try out different things because if you're locked into one position, you um, you may get burned out pretty quickly. For sure. Definitely. Um, going back to the concussion a little bit, what was it like to – lose that spot to Barney and try to get it back? Um, Obviously it's tough just because I'm still, I was still trying to figure out my body. My body was reacting differently than I expected. Like I said, like the concussion symptoms lasted longer than I wanted. Um, And that was just my body telling me that I needed to slow down. Um, And it, it didn't, I guess like in the grand scheme of things, it didn't seem like that long, but for me day by day, it felt like it was forever. Um, But like Barney's a great goalkeeper. And so I needed to work harder to earn my spot back. And it was tough because of the timing of the year and um, with it, there being only one month left. Um, But yeah, I think it was 
mainly the concussion part was I needed to make sure that I was taking care of myself um, and slowly progressing back in versus like being thrown in full throttle and then having to take a couple steps back just because it wasn't, um, we didn't do the right things. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, also on that. So, you know, when you're a field player and you know, you're in the 18 on the bench, you know that there's like a, at least a decent shot that you're going to get minutes in the game. But when you're obviously a goalkeeper, you're pretty much just like waiting for an injury to get that back in. What's it like being on the bench as a keeper? Um, It's tough. It's not like, it's not a fun situation to be in, but you also have to understand your role with the team mm-hmm. um, because you can go from starting to not starting to starting. And it's definitely an emotional roller coaster, but then at the same time, like it's a team sport. So you need to be there to support everybody and make sure that you are doing the right things because going from starting to not starting, I needed to make sure that I was helping Barney warm up, doing the right things for the field players, like when we're doing shooting or passing and just kind of helping them feel prepared going into the games. And that is definitely like the most important because it's not just about you and being a goalkeeper. Yes. It's a unique position and there's only one that can play on a team, but um, it's a team sport. And at the end of the day, you want your team to win. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely. Definitely. Um, on that note, you know, Barney's, you know, been around for a while. You're still pretty young, you know, 25. So is, I guess, what's it like working with Barney? Cause I just imagine she's probably just like a wealth of knowledge. She really is. Um, I think it's been pretty amazing being able to train with Barney just because there are saves that she makes. And I'm just like, Holy crap. You're so good still. Um, and I say that by like, when you have that much experience, you, you learn different ways of making a save that works best for your body. And you also like, sometimes you don't need to throw your body completely. Like you can move your feet or you make a save look a lot easier than, um, someone that may be younger. And also it's just like picking and choosing your moments of when you come out and all of that is just, she has so much knowledge and I think being able to train with her and get to know her and um, just being able to like kind of observe, it's really made a big difference because I feel like she is such a nice, I know she's a nice person. I don't feel like it. I know she's a nice person and she like genuinely cares about people's improvement and um, bettering the game. And so you being around that, makes you appreciate the people that have put the time into growing this league and growing the game. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Is Barney pretty set on, I guess, transforming into a a coaching role when she retires? Do you know that? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but she definitely is from like what I've seen and how she is around kids. She, is a great coach and a great person. And I think anybody that's able to train with her or be around her is going to grow on the field and off the field. Um, because she thinks below the surface and she also has a wealth of knowledge that, um, a lot of people are, would be very, very lucky to tap into. Hmm. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, another question for you. So I said my tickets are right behind the goal when y'all are doing warm-ups in the court. And so I'm wondering why does, at least this is what I've noticed, why does the starter not, I guess, um, warm up with the rest of the team right in front of goal while the backup does, if that makes sense? Um, I think it just depends on what you need. Uh, the warmups tailored to getting you ready for the game. And so whatever the starter needs is what you focus on. And so if that's something 
if you need a little bit more of one thing or versus the other or less of something, then that's what you're going to focus on because they're going into the game and you want them as mentally prepared as possible. Um, and then you're also like, if you're a backup, you are there to support your team and know the role and kind of help out in any way and just be ready for if there is a chance of going in. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, is there another position besides, um, you know, goalie that you like to play a lot? Um, I feel like it, I feel like every goalie wants to be a goal scorer. Uh huh. <laughs> Which you have scored some incredible ones in college, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I definitely enjoyed my time in college because it's very rare that a goalkeeper can score. You scored three, I think, right? Yeah. I scored the first goal of my sophomore, junior, and senior season. That's crazy. What are the odds? Yeah. <laughs> what a goal, so, too. Goals, I should say. Yeah. yeah it phenomenal. Was, I really liked it, and it was fun getting to celebrate that with um, my friends. So. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, Megan, do you have any other questions before we get to some of the listener ones? Um, I guess just what's something you miss about playing in college in comparison to like the NWSL, or is there something you like more in the NWSL that you wish you had in college, if that makes sense at all? Um, no, it 100% does. I miss being around some of my best friends every day. Um, in college, it's a little different with um, the mindset, because you're still having, like, you always want to have fun while you're playing, but this is more of, you have to remember that this is a job and it's a business. Um, so you need to come to play every day as if it could be your last day to be on this team. Um, and I think that's something that you try not to focus on, but it's in the back of your head. Um, and then in college, what I, I guess what I wish I still had or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Wait, is it vice versa? Either way you want to answer it, which either works. (laughs) Okay. Um, I guess in college, I wish I get, it's hard to say because they're very different environments. Um, I have more free time now, now that I'm a professional, but when I was in school, I was soccer school and, those are the two things that I really focused on. Um, so I don't know if there was much that I would change or could change. Um, I guess maybe really focusing on being more technical and decision-making um, while I was in college. But at the same time, decision-making comes with experience. Sure. Cool, cool. All right, should we go to some listener questions? Yeah, let's hear them. Sweet, sweet. So what are your career goals? You've been around the national team. Uh, are you hoping to become a regular? Um, Yes, I would. Obviously, that's a goal to become a regular and to be on the national team. Um, it's always a privilege to get called in, and I'm super grateful for um, the opportunity to be able to come in and train and eventually like I would ideally like to be consistently in camps and to play. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to focus like day by day um, because like I want to accomplish my daily goals of taking care of myself, eating properly, doing the right recovery and making sure that I'm in the right mindset instead of getting ahead of myself. For sure. For sure. What's it like being in camp? It's very intense um, just because you're with the best players in the world and in our country. And so you're constantly pushing to be the best that you can be. And I think it's very, it's tiring physically, but it's also tiring mentally. But I love it going into camp because I feel like I'm getting better, which rightfully so, like you should be getting better when you're going into a national team camp. Um, And 
I like the challenge. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, so next question is what is the worst tackle she has ever suffered slash dealt? Um, I was in high school and I got cleated in the chin. Yeah. So cleats up like toes basically pulled to your shin. Um, I got cleated and got stitches under my chin. And then I got a concussion and strained a bunch of ligaments in my knee because I was diving forward to punch the ball. And then I got cleated and blacked out basically blood from my chin um, and landed back on my leg, which I don't necessarily remember that part because when you get hit that hard, you kind of close your eyes and then you don't remember. Um, But yeah, one of my teammates actually – had like she was really brave in the moment because when that happened she basically ran to me put her hands under my chin and kept it closed from like the skin under your neck is pretty soft and sensitive so she tried to keep it from bleeding as much as it did and then um from it splitting even more wow yeah that is brutal yeah, it was pretty intense. That is brutal. Wow. Um, how many concussions have you had? And like, when was the first one you got? Was it at a youth level or like, was it, you know, like, yeah, that makes sense as a question. <laughs> I probably had like four serious concussions um, starting in, I think they were in high school. That's when I first started, like the first one that I got. Um, and so it was, they were tough yes but at the time like concussions weren't as thoroughly investigated and looked at as much as they are now so I feel like those four were like the ones that I can remember that were like yes that was a concussion interesting it's definitely crazy to see how much more like worried people get about concussions now than they used to because they can be so dangerous. Oh yeah, they really are. And I think um, a lot of people really need to be aware that you have one brain and you really need to take care of yourself. Definitely. Just because you can't really, once you lose something, it's hard to bring it back. Mm-hmm. It's very, very hard to bring it back. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Um, so second to last question. What are you most looking forward to for season two? Um, I'm, I genuinely like playing. Like today I was touching the ball and I felt like I was smiling from ear to ear just because I was able to pass and, get some goalkeeper work in and um, just stuff like that. Like I just felt it like makes me happy being able to play on the field and have fun. And um, I'm really looking forward to that in season two and just like getting better and learning new things and um, just kind of, kind of, kind of trying to grow my game more to where I'm growing as a person and as a player. Right on, right on. Um, another quick question that we actually just had on the uh, Facebook. Um, what do you do with Jace on those road trips? Oh, he's actually staring at me right now. So that's kind of funny. He, so Mandy Laddish last year was injured. And so she would watch him for a majority of the times. Alex Arlett, watched him a couple times. Um, so they, they basically like mothered him (laughs) while I was gone and I couldn't be more grateful for them for doing that just because he really is my baby and he loves Becca and Mandy, um, because they took care of him. So right on, right on. Ah, your dog is so cute. (laughs) He really is. I like, I will fully own it. I am obsessed with him. He's so adorable. And 
the other day, actually, um, he, I, I don't know what was going through his head. He thought he was a lap dog. Like, obviously, like if you've seen pictures of him, he's not that small. So I was sitting on the couch and he literally crawled into my lap and curled up and I just, my heart melted, but I was also like, what are you doing? You are too big for this. That's awesome. I know. I think somebody in, oh. in the Slack chat said something about, we just wanted to hear do- stories about your dog. So I hope that makes them happy. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Saw that too. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but you, uh, so you and Jace won a fan pool, fan yeah. pool from us for cutest yeah. dog. I don't know if you saw that. Okay, cool, cool. Yes. I did. It's hard because he's so cute. Like he is by far so adorable and so loving. He's currently like, as we're talking, pawing at me to pet him. Oh, I love it. Both of his front paws on my hand, like he's holding my hand and then yeah, he's just giving me puppy you know, I was eyes. so sad when the Monarchs had pups at the pitch that I think you guys were out of town or something, but none of you came and brought your dogs. I was so bummed about it. I feel like he would have been in doggy heaven, but it would have been a little hectic because there yeah, were so it, many dogs. It was definitely a little crazy, but it was made my, my dog heart very happy. I got a pet Luke Mulholland's dog, so it made up for it, but I was also <laughs> still a little sad. Oh. Yeah, I bring him pretty much everywhere. If I can bring him to the stadium or if I can bring him like with me to a restaurant or something, I try and take advantage of that just because he is very well behaved and he's very patient. We'll have to so. talk to the people like Taryn or something and see if we can get you a like, I can bring my dog to the Monarch Stadium pass or something. Just so oh, that yeah. you can bring him to, oh, the, yeah. to the soccer games. Yeah, All definitely. Like pass. get him a media pass. <laughs> He would run the show. <laughs> That's all we cool. need in life. I mean, the monarch, or yeah, the monarch's mascot's non-existent. So let's just make it Jace. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if he was the mascot. I think I would. It would be a lot of work, but he, like, he won't leave my side if we're oh. out in public. So that basically, I would be at every single game, and he. The world revolves around him, pretty much. So, yeah, what a cutie! Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, uh, is he friends with Chai and some of the other dogs yeah. that are around? Yeah, they oh, are. Um, that it's so funny because Erica and I will occasionally take them on walks together, and they get. It's like they're meeting when they meet a new dog. They bark all the time. They like bark at each other and they kind of talk, and then they're fine. And then we take them to the park. They're like two peas in a pod. <laughs> like they run everywhere together. That is um, so cute. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was really funny because we took them to um, just like the dog park close to our apartments. And they were just like, it was, it was just funny watching them interact. That's adorable. So. Oh, that is awesome. They're basically the same age, so I think that could be uh, why as yeah. well. I mean, I'm sure that plays a role in it too. Yeah, that's so funny. I that's so funny that they're just like our best friends. It's adorable. Yeah, it, it's nice. It's very convenient that they get along. Just because I was a little worried at first, um, but I think once they got more comfortable with each other and realized that oh, we can be friends, um, they definitely are full go. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right. Um, so you've given us an hour of your time so graciously. Is there anything that you want to, I guess, close the show with to the listeners? Oh, um, thanks for having me. I don't know. I, I really appreciate that y'all have really supported us. And um, to the fans, like this past season, we're so grateful for y'all. Um, you guys provide us with an opportunity to play and, um, we couldn't be more thankful for that. You were very welcome. You're very welcome. And just so you know, you do have a two pole coming your way. Oh, does she? I have a, I didn't know that. Yeah, she does. I have a what coming my way? Uh, Sorry. 
a two pole. So one of those 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 big signs. Oh yes. Yeah. That's yeah, I, didn't, awesome. I didn't know Rick was making her one. That's coming. awesome. I'm oh, making you're it. making it. I just assumed Rick yes, was going to make I'm it. I'm making it. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Here's what it's going to be now. Huh. You will have to wait and see. I know. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a surprise yeah. for sure. They are a work in progress. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get into making them. I've never made one before, but I've got a few okay. players. So I've got, you know, uh, you know, Marcus and Rick and some of those other folks who typically do those are passing the torch along. So it should be pretty exciting. Nice. I'm excited. I can't wait to see. Yeah, definitely. All right, Abby, thank you so much. This has been incredible. Um, Thanks everyone for listening to the Utah Royals FC show. We'll see you next week.